Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Queers podcast, an intentional space for us, by us, which centres our blackness, queerness and transness, because we deserve. Hi, I'm AID. Hi, I'm Chloe Filani. I'm Molly. Hey, I'm Georgia. I'm Tali. On this week's episode, we are talking about chosen families. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone? Um, this is AID. Uh, pronouns they them and I am wearing a cream jumper and some short shorts because because um who else have we got in the studio with us today you got me shy one aka Marley I uh my pronouns are she her and I'm wearing all black um loungewear and some slippers some bunny rabbit slippers cute uh, I'm Tali. My pronouns are they, she. I am wearing a black hoodie and I've also got some pink uh, sort of jogging bottoms. Are they jogging bottoms? I don't know. So, There's something. There's something. They are today. They are today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Georgia. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm wearing some pink um, loungewear. It's kind of like tie-dye with like yellow... Uh, pinks, greens, um, and I'm just super comfy and chilled. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chloe Filani. Um, I'm wearing a grey crop hoodie and hoodie, low jumper. <laughs> um, <laughs> dark skin, black trans woman, beautiful, orange braids, orange nails, um, giving you orange. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she, her. <laughs> yeah okay i'm glad everyone's here with us this week or this episode um how is everyone feeling what are the vibes given um i will go first i am feeling not too fab uh i had a phone call i'll let me backtrack a little bit basically a couple of weeks ago in the park i trigger warning this is about like sexual harassment uh, I was uh, in the park and this guy basically stalked me around the park and then uh, was masturbating whilst looking at me. And it was in front of a bunch of kids and mums, so I basically shouted at him and recorded him. And then I put it on my Instagram to bring awareness to it and basically see if anyone else knew him and... Um, then got some people sending me pictures of him and he had done it multiple times before to women and uh, femmes and some uh, queer women couples as well, um, all of which who haven't come back to the park since. And I got told today basically that he had his second court hearing and uh, is not going to be banned from the parks because the police are trash. So I'm not fab, but I'm very happy to be here talking mm. and focusing on other things other than that because my brain was just like I'm I'm livid basically um so I'm going to appeal it basically um he is on the sex offenders list which is good but he's not banned from any of the parks so I'm going to appeal it and basically try and make sure that happens but it's pretty shit I just don't understand the logic behind the laws. Like, how can someone mm -hmm. be put on the sex offenders list but not be banned from parks I don't after get it. having committed acts in said park? Like, yeah. in a sense, it's also it, that's the thing I don't understand because it feels like it's more work for them almost. Like, he's got community service as well, but he's still allowed in parks. Mm. It's like Why? they want to keep getting called out to the park to deal with him or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very yeah. odd. Like, it's just yeah, very very frustrating. Um, and it's just, it's like, I'm going to have to appeal it, which means it's more work for me and more work for anyone else who's come forward. And there's been quite a few people. So it's not fun it's doing not fun. their job. I'm sorry that this is what you're experiencing. Thank you, babe. This is so shit. 
You yeah. Know, so you're being let down by a whatless police. For real. Whatless system. Absolute trash. Chant them down. And I remember mm. when all this was happening, like you had to be calling the police to be like, yeah. yo, could we get a follow up here? Yeah. I should say as well, this is what happened. Yeah, so I had to call in the police and um, it was literally the community that actually like figured out who it was straight away and everything and rallied around. They did all the work. And it was my parents who went into the park and caught him doing the same thing two days after and then called the police, which is wild. So Absolutely wild. that was after saying to the police, look, could you please get some police like into the park, like at least because he's going to come back. And they were like, no, you know, we've got other things to deal with. And so my parents were like, right, we're going to go. They were like, don't, please don't. Um, we don't want you to get involved. It could be dangerous. Obviously, my parents were like, fuck that. Went and he was there doing the same thing. So it's wild. And these times you'll see like five police on the mm-hmm. side of the high road ready to stop people and confiscate their scooters. There you Just go. Just mad. Yep. It's money because, yeah, they charge £300 every time if you want your scooter back. But I suppose they're not making any money. Yeah, but they're not making money from defending children in parks. I know. And it it, it literally is that. They said to me three times whilst I was speaking to them, we have bigger things to deal with. So It's not big. It's more profitable, I think. Yeah, it's that. Mm -hmm. It's that. And the fact that they, like, didn't really find him or whatever and it was the community, it just shows you how in community, I guess, like, Mm. it really does. Things like how, like healing almost and like how everyone can come together and it just shows you how authority just is crap basically yeah it's mm-hmm. crap and how and if we all pull together we can actually get somewhere and actually make a difference that is the one thing i took away from it i was like so grateful to have the community around me they did so much like we literally it was unbelievable like within the space of two days we had his picture a video of him from someone else so they couldn't say anything to me because i was like i have his face like i have everything about him we've like it was you know that was quite special but frustrating as well because i was like wow Mm. it's taking like mums and dads doing the work you know it's hard Mm. that's for me (laughs) how is everyone else doing sorry (laughs) rant over (laughs) but a justified rant Um, yeah yeah what's everyone else up to anyone working on anything feed the children (laughs) I, I, I have like two remixes that I probably will start when we finish this recording mm-hmm. um, that are due in two weeks. So the heat is on. And oh. other than that, I've been enjoying reading um, Toni Morrison's jazz. Okay. Oh my gosh. And I've been learning the piano. Like it's, that, This is a really okay, good thing. Okay, through. Yeah, I've Love been doing a lot that. of things. I always forget usually. But yeah, I've been like, uh, I'm very gassed. Like, learning every day is just, it gives me purpose. Mm. And I bought a new synth today. I'm just like learning Ooh. more about equipment, <laughs> learning more about music theory, uh, mm. reading more, just just trying to, you know, stay, what's the word, like stimulated and engaged and, and inspired. How do you um, see learning the piano affecting or changing how you make music mm. and do remixes? Or is, do you see a change? It has changed the game already. I've only okay. had like five mm. lessons, I think, if that, and... Um, I already just have a completely, I, I, like, I know a bag of scales now and chords and I just feel a lot more confident in my mm. abilities and in what I'm doing and in what things should be. It also is it's just, it's quite a lot of, of faffing time out. So it's, it's mm. kind of streamlining and, and, and improving my, um, making my workflow more efficient. Okay. I can't so wait these... to play for you all. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I look forward to these remixes. Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I look forward to um, hopefully like seeing you all dancing to these remixes soon <gasps> enough. That's another thing oh I'm getting ready my for. God. I've been the club. So tired. Oh. So my yeah, that's me. Ready. That's me. Right. Just musical right now. I'm just getting ready to entertain all of you lot again in the dance, mm-hmm. multiple ways with the tunes mm. I'm making and. Uh, getting tunes ready as well. I'm so excited. How are you lot feeling about it? The clubs. Oh, were you working on something? Oh, the clubs were you talking about? I mean, like, yeah, about um, just leading into, like, I suppose what we're doing now, regardless of what you're doing, you're also kind of unintentionally leading up to, mm-hmm. um, or knowingly leading up to, you know, us coming out of lockdown. Preparing. Yeah. 
I'm preparing outfits. Let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) I've intentionally not worn outfits preparing for lockdown to ease. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Commitment is key. Have you done a lot of shopping over lockdown? Have you just been like buying and stocking up on outfits? No. (laughs) (laughs) You all have, innit? Yes, I have. I'm not gonna lie. Um, It's that extra travel money, isn't it? Yeah, because it's true. Been traveling, yeah. Saving on travel money is true. And then oh, you yeah. can spend it on some outfits. Because mm. why not? Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get new outfits. Because like, I've just been living in like loungewear and like joggers and baggy stuff. And now we're going, we can go out. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like there's a whole, there's a whole new like world out there. There's whole right. new fashion. Like, mm. <laughs> what am I going to wear to the club? So that is really exciting. Just just like that. everyone's outfits as well just like i feel like those people are posting on instagram and i'm just like oh i love that jacket oh i love his trousers so. mm-hmm. mm. at also, this rate i'm wearing jogging pants to the club it's just <laughs> I, I don't have other clothes that are like readily Do available this is what's this what's giving <laughs> jogging in the crop top you wear the clothes don't let the clothes wear you yes wow. <laughs> come on anna winter once said um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm working on a zine um, of poetry around trans ancestral feminine beings from mm. Yoruba tribes and Eshan tribes. Um, and basically the thought came about when I was working with Barbie Asante. Um, she's like an amazing black woman artist. And it just made me like we were doing some like... I can't remember what it was, like a meditation into the past or something like that, or to the ancestors. Mm. And, yeah, it just triggered a lot of, like, possible ideas because of, like, a lot of oral stories and histories are told, especially in Nigeria, um, just through, like, speaking through the generations. But a lot of that's got lost because of, like, colonialism. Mm. Mm-hmm. And before colonialism, there wasn't, like, the word he and she in the Yoruba language. Um, and there was a lot more expressions of gender, like clarified in the Yoruba language as well. Um, like even like a lot of the names are um, gender neutral. So like my Nigerian name is Ayodeji and it only just means like second born or second joy. Um, so it's not like specific to a gender. So right. you can have boys and girls, any sort of person born to have that name. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like, the stories are sort of all different, just imaginative, sto- poetic stories of trans feminine people from these different tribes and what they could have been living like. There's one story in particular as well that I wrote on this like reaction towards the sort of erasure of these stories or possible mm-hmm. stories that could have been there. And mm-hmm. it's like a story around a trans feminine person interacting with Portuguese people. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like it'll be like twenty or so poems. I hope I've got six of them down already. <laughs> um, so yeah, fingers crossed. It will be done by the end of the year. I'm so excited! Yay! Yeah. This sounds amazing. That sounds so good. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait to pre-order. Are you mm. gonna? So you're gonna press it up? Yeah. Is, is it gonna um, be a, a like a digital zine? Um, yeah, no, press, press, not um, digital. Love um, that. Maybe I, like, I'll, have I released? Maybe I'll, like, release, like, audio of some of the poems. But mm. yeah. Would be, like, Please do. Yeah, accessibility. <laughs> yes. Give the people this voice, yes. <laughs> yes. Lol. <laughs> With some effects. Um, actually, what was I watching this? I was watching, have anyone heard of the show We're Here? It's a HBO show. No. It's, uh, it's, the hosts are like three uh, uh, girls from Drag Race: uh, Bob the Drag Queen, Shangela, and Eureka O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go around to like usually small towns in America to put on a drag show, and they will each have a drag child, drag daughter, um, that they put up in drag for the first time. Uh, but they were—I can't remember the place that they were at in America, but it was near a. Um, a native reserve. Mm. Um, and I think they were speaking, the, the, the drag performer they were speaking to is Lady Shug. Um, and 
they were talking about how in native uh like history uh trans people the word that we use for trans now but whatever mm-hmm. they were using the three uh, two uh, three spirit or whatever the word um that the culture was using kind of were upheld in society not just like yeah these people existed without us you know causing them harm but like communities had trans people in them and everyone else in the community looked to that trans person to mm-hmm. help them unpack certain particular things that that person's life experiences allowed them to have a better knowledge or opinion of mm-hmm. and i was wondering as you were speaking chloe like does that do you know if, if that exists within the ancestry of you know your tribe yeah, I know all the T-girl shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Ancestral T-girl shit, yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, the Hydra in India, like, mm-hmm. it's so interesting that they were able to maintain some sort of, like, I wouldn't say absolute safety, but, like, they've definitely dropped. So the Hydra are not even trans, per se, but they're feminine beings in India yeah. who were mostly assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the past they were like uphold similar to like what you're saying with the uh, gender variant slash trans possible people in um, native tribes mm-hmm. um, but now in the because of colonialism in India they're like some villages still practice the sort of sacredness of who they are but most of the time now they're just sex workers mm-hmm. um, but yeah I find it really interesting learning about different indigenous um, gender variant slash trans folks and mm. where their place is within society mm. um, and also how sometimes they come about or like there's even I can't remember if this is the right word but in Mahu is like similar sort of thing of like gender variant person on the more feminine side mm-hmm. um, in Polynesian cultures but that one is also more purposeful in the context of if a mother has too many boy children she'll normally like the youngest born she'll push them into being more feminine raised as a more like feminine child mm. because like essentially she's wow. like i need help in the house <laughs> so, like, wow. there's too many boys sticking up the place mm-hmm. so you're gonna be the girl and like normally it kind of correlates with that person's being like there's never really right. been like um a sort of like miscommunication in that sort of atmosphere which right. is so weird it's almost like we're still enforcing some sort of gender roles but like mm-hmm. cool like it's kind of like gender very vibes um which is so interesting to hear like that and that, that is. is gun is kind of somewhat still practice um but yeah i i find it really interesting and even like um you know intersex is not precisely gender variant but like in the context of how we see bodies and gender mm. um there's a village in i think the dominant republic or haiti um where they call people um girls turn to boys where basically it's so common that people who are born like quote unquote as women or girls and once they hit puberty their balls drop and like so to be so graphic and yeah they become um essentially men right and that is like such a for me that was like my big moment of like yo this trans shit is so real like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the context of like universal like human body transitioning from one thing to other or to not exist in one state stagnant place to be like very emotion um like the actual biology of us as humans and some animals have actually that mechanic and like and even when i think about like just the medicalization of trans folks like if it wasn't possible for us to like go from one to another just taking testosterone or just taking estrogen wouldn't do these dramatic effects to someone's body or face Mm -hmm. but we constantly see that actually being the proof where you know slip a little bit of estrogen and she got breasts she got cute face you know it's all doing um so yeah i find just exploring the history the sciences Mm. of um gender variant folks and intersex folks all together like affirming and 
just having a deeper knowledge in science and history, I think is just important for anyone. Yeah. And especially if you are like gender variant or trans yourself, it just helps like remind you that like when people say, but it's basic science, it's like, yeah, that is basic science. I'm talking academic science. I'm talking <laughs> high IQ science. Yeah. I'm talking, um, you don't even know where I'm going. Yeah, type of like, science, I'm know? talking the science that isn't being fabricated or re- mm. reduced for like some binary basic mm. understanding. Like, yeah. as the bodies exist that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah um we need to do an episode on this yeah because yes. i just wanted to go i literally was like please can we yeah for real we need to we could honestly oh, this could take a whole things to unpack. um but so we'll leave it is. we'll leave this little Welcome back. And on the topic of chosen family, which is this episode's discussion, um, kind of wondered, well, the first thing is, how do you folks differentiate your chosen family from your biological families? Also, if anyone listening who doesn't quite understand, you know, has never heard this phrase before. What is the difference between the two? Well, chosen family, the difference is chosen family is... Uh, as it says chosen so you get to choose whereas your biological family is you know uh your your blood family basically um yeah what was the next part of the question i've gone completely blank it was pretty much as that i suppose i was trying to make it out i was (laughs) (laughs) really just trying to force a much longer answer that wasn't necessary i'm sorry i'm sorry that was very you're right and it's so yeah it's basically just the family we choose as opposed to the family we are born into right or adopted like legally you know adopted into and yeah that too um and i suppose the next thing to to talk about them would be like how for those of you who if you feel you have chosen family um how did you find them how did you form these relationships i'm asking the question first because it's not really something i feel i i relate to that much mm-hmm. i feel like for me uh like coming into like, the queer community when i was like 18 i kind of felt instantly like i was in like a chosen family like already just by like I guess the places I was going to all the different events the clubs like everyone just seemed so nice and I just began I guess to make friends and then they soon became I guess chosen family because they're the ones that I feel like I relate most to and that can relate most to me and I think the understanding goes like deeper than like my friends that I used to have when I was younger for instance I felt like they understood me to a level but like queer person to queer person like that connection is really strong um and I think for me it was through like online going to events just talking to people and just having those really honest discussions and like asking questions like I don't know I just feel like it happened very naturally for me and I feel Mm -hmm. like I still am building like chosen family but I would say my closest friends are like my chosen family now like they they're beyond friendships like they're Mm -hmm. so close to me and I feel like I don't know what I would do without them. And it is through, I guess, just really accepting myself um, and surrounding myself with them that I really felt like, oh my gosh, you are actually family now. And I feel like I've only come to that realisation in the past like two years, I would say, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like as a queer person, it can feel really like lonely out there and you can feel, especially like in my family, like I just feel very like odd one out. Like I'm the only like on my mum's side where, um, where I grew up kind of, I grew up in London, but my mum's family is all from like up north, like Newcastle, Sunderland, like everyone is white. And I always felt like the odd one out. Mm. And then adding queer on top of that, just even more odd. So I feel like I really needed that chosen family to really kind of, I guess, find myself. And Mm. I have no means like found all of myself. I feel like we're constantly on that journey until the day we die. But I feel like through finding that chosen family, I'm really finding lots of deeper sides of myself. And I feel like a lot of the time with my biological family, of course, I have like love for them and all of that. I just feel like I don't have that same connection. And Mm -hmm. I think that is okay. Like I've I've come to accept that it's okay that we have different connections. At first I was really kind of almost envious. Oh, I wish I had this connection with my like biological family, like kind of quite angry. And I had to go through that process. And then I realized actually it's okay to have these two different kind of 
families and these two different relationships and it's fluid and yeah I'm rambling now but um yeah chosen family is like really important for me um and I hope I can just find so many more people to add <laughs> mm, I love that how about you Tali um how do I find my chosen family for me uh interestingly I think I watched my parents have chosen family um and so it actually started there um but I didn't realize that and that's not what I called it when I was younger but like for instance my so my uh, immediate family were very very close um and I'm very grateful for that but the if we're talking about like my actual aunties and uncles and all of my cousins and stuff like we're not super close on both sides my family is very much like the odd one out family because my parents are both like in the arts and a little bit quirky and seen as like I think they're both they're both seen as the odd cousins I think it's that um so they kind of did the same thing like all of my aunties and my uncles um and my godparents and everything like to me they are my family but like none of them are related to me so it actually started there um and a lot of them are queer um and trans um but yeah that was where it sort of started and I saw it as very normal I think because of that from a young age and then when I sort of understood and realized that I was queer um it sort of happened very naturally like uh, Georgia said it was very much that thing of like it just naturally it's who I gravitated towards I yeah we became closer and closer and I found some chosen family in school not very many but some um mainly in college because uh, I went to Brit school and I was in musical theatre and there's a lot of gay kids there and I found like some of my my chosen family there who I'm still they they are my brothers, my sisters, my people. And then also in clubs, queer clubbing. Like I found a lot of chosen family. And like Georgia said, I'm continuing to. There's people that like, even in lockdown, I've become so much closer to, um, who we've spoken about it now and said like, we are each other's chosen family. And it's really like lovely to know. And it's everyone's mm. on different levels, you know? Like I feel like I have some chosen family, which would be like a cousin that I maybe don't see all the time, but are still mm. like when you see them, you know, when it's just like, it's the same. It's that kind of feeling. And so yeah. um, I'm really grateful for my chosen family, all of them. Yeah. You know, you, you, I know I was like, yeah, I don't really understand all this, so let's pass it over to you, Dr. Tell me. <laughs> and as you were saying that, I, I realised, wow, I have a very similar setup yeah. as well. And that I suppose my first chosen family were when I was a kid. It's my godparents. Mm. Um, yeah. My, my second set of parents, you know, like I'm closer to my godfather than my dad. Um mm. And I love them and I feel more loved than blood relatives by these people and their kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I also realised as well, these were... So, like, my godparents and their siblings and stuff, this was my first time being around queer people. So I grew up mm. with these queer yeah. elders. I knew it was, you know, Same. Uncle Rick and Barry. And, you know, or this person, she's queer, this is her new girlfriend. Mm. Um and I suppose, I don't, I've never, not until now when I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking about my own um, understanding of, of chosen families from earlier, also seeing that, I suppose they were my first queer chosen families because mm. I actually felt more comfortable around them. It was really weird whenever I'd go to those events, whenever yeah. I'd go to my godfather's house for a party or whatever, I'd end up hanging out with the older lesbians. But I'd be like 14. <laughs> mm -hmm. And my best friend, who was like his daughter, this really straight, like posh uh, mm -hmm. model like very we were such opposites for god sisters like slash best friends mm. but um she'd be with our brethren just like slagging mm. off all our mates or whatever and i just end up chilling like having a beer with the older dykes <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And yes. no wonder my mum has been asking me to come out since i was 15 but like love... literally it would be till i get there and i'd be like ah oh, my people yes <laughs> i um, had such a similar experience that is wild <laughs> For real. So thank you, Tali. Thank you for reminding me of the chosen family I actually do have. Mm. Um, and I think the same as well, actually, when I stop and think about it, like some of the, I lived with a bunch of boys at uni mm -hmm. and two of them, I would look to like my chosen family now as well. We always, we were always um, mistaken for, 
for siblings. They always thought we were, mm. me and one of them was either twins or triplets. Someone even thought we no were all triplets. Way. Which is insane because one of them literally has a white parent. Like two of us are black Jamaican <laughs> and Caribbean and one is like half Ghanaian, half white English. <laughs> but um, they're one of my chosen family as well. Mm. Um, I suppose. It's sad to say I don't really think, I have queer friends, do you mm. get me, who have ridden a little bit, but I think my real understanding of, of, of chosen family actually comes from before. Uh, yeah. sexuality or identity had anything to do with it mm. um, and I'm grateful for that but and mm. I also I'm holding I suppose that gives me faith that in the future that I, I you know there'll be more new relatives to meet yeah you definitely have chosen family <laughs> yeah it's about yeah. feeling it though you know it is that it's, it's about like, I really, it was it was it when is. I came into the queer community the queer scene yeah uh, chosen family was thrown about so much yeah. A lot of words are thrown about. A lot you. of words are really thrown about. Our, yep. our scene loves buzzwords, whatever's yeah, in yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, and Chosen Family was really getting thrown around. No, um, I get you. And I, the action, like, just wasn't there. Uh, mm. I think everyone was very much romanticising it mm-hmm. um, and just confusing um Confusing just being in a, in a scene, in a rave scene or other things. With it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what does it feel yeah. like for, for, I guess, each of you? Because I guess we all have our own kind of feeling about it and, like, interpretations, like, both physically and emotionally, like, where we feel it. But, like, mm. yeah, I guess where do you feel that kind of... When you hear Chosen Family, like, what? I don't know. Where, where do you feel it? I'm just going to say one more thing and I know I've been I want to hear what Chloe has to say about Chosen yeah. Family but sorry I just want to say like um, I feel it in well I was sorry first I was going to say before I respond to your question there was that go ahead I think we all have different understandings and expectations of what family is chosen right. or what mm. and I, now I'm starting to understand that when people in the past have said you know you're my chosen family or whatever mm. but then they behaved in a way to me that doesn't feel like that's how you would treat someone you choose to be bonded like you know you mm. choose to be in family with I realise it's because we all have a different expectation of family and for many people it just means family Preach. is just like you are there for me regardless of what I do it just mm. means same way like you can fuck up as much as you want I've got you mm. uh, and I'm gonna fuck up as much as I as whatever because you know like we love each other on a deeper level but mm. not all of us have this connection with family already um, Very true. and I think that's something I'm realising a bit now so I think yeah uh I think that's maybe what some people's understanding of it was. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot more leeway. And my, me personally, uh, chosen family for me is just having to, you know what it is? It's it's being misunderstood a lot less. I think it's having Mm. someone who, just people having your best interests at heart and also thinking, not assuming the worst of you, you know, not jumping to a negative conclusion. If you don't hear from me or something, you're not, you're not going to jump to that. You, yeah, like, it's yeah. not that... No, no, no. I don't know if yeah. I can really eloquently express what I'm trying to say right now, but it's it's a more of a deeper understanding or just having a lot more patience and, and yeah, just, just thinking better of someone and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't eloquently explain it right no, now. No, that back makes to sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's how I feel it should be. It should be a thing of more just someone who's way more ready to try to understand you mm-hmm. and and see where th- where you're coming from and assume the best of you and just and trust. It's faith. It's mm-hmm. to me, it's trust and faith, isn't it? Whatever mm-hmm. my brethren's doing, I don't know what you're doing, but or this decision. But you know, what? I trust her. She wouldn't. Yeah, she ain't gonna. She's moving mad, but it's cool. Like she's, <laughs> I trust her. Yes. There's a reason behind it, you know. Yeah. No, completely. That's mine. But Chloe. Chloe, tell us. Tell us now. Um, yeah, it's so interesting to hear everyone's different dynamics or understanding of chosen family. Um, I guess for me, mine kind of intersects in like sisterhoods. Um, I kind of like saw that with my mum and it wasn't something precisely that like I really took part in but like my mum very much like surrounded herself with loads of women that weren't her blood relatives um and had like deep sort of like connections and friendships with that like was support systems um and for me I guess I've kind of wanted to also cultivate that myself Mm -hmm. and so like 
my chosen family is somewhat more around like feminine folks and so like i have a lot more like i just get along or sort of like connect deeper with like people who are more feminine feminine inclined and i just like enjoy those kind of like deep relationships like i definitely and like i guess in some aspect i call that chosen family because yeah those are the people that if i'm feeling shit no matter what i can ring them at like 1am and like if i ring them maybe more than twice (laughs) they'll definitely pick up um and i find that really important especially as you grow older in age and like yeah your family your blood family you know almost expect you to be more independent and so like Mm. to have Mm. someone that you know you can rely on um even when like they might be super busy or they might have bad mental health and you all got bad mental health but like you actually just need to call someone in that moment and i'm such an extrovert person as well so like even when it comes to things like mental health i can do all the like mental gymnastics of like okay cool this is what i need this is what i need to do but i legit need to talk to someone else to actually make it make sense right like i'll have it figured out but i just need to ring someone else and be like hey so um so yeah that's like in my sort of brain what sort of chosen family means to me um and it's so interesting because i would say like in my chosen family slash sisterhood it's like there's two cisgender heterosexual women and one queer woman so like actually no and there's also one trans woman but yeah like we're not like always with each other but i find it really interesting that it's not like just as sort of tally um not so as marley said um it's not just based around similar identities completely mm-hmm. um it sometimes is like what do you what do you see as like i guess people you would call family not just like name it but actually like what is that to you so yeah mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's like, it's just, it's just who you, like you said, Chloe, who you could phone at 1am and ring twice mm. and not be not feel shame. Yeah. It's just, there's a song, yeah, this, I feel like this is a good way. I've clocked something, like, I feel like my, my brain gives me subliminals whenever mm. I'm going through it. Well, always. Mm. And whatever song lyrics are stuck in my head, that's what I'm kind of low-key feeling. So I think in the last year, especially whatever, Escapes, Who Can I Run To? has been in my head, like, on loop every day. It is the, or is it SWV? I think but, it's... But anyway, who can I run to? And I feel like that is a really, like... I think who who you run to is your chosen family. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I think it is that. It's very much that. It's who you can turn to in times of need. And also, it is that thing, like I said, of, like, you don't have to be seeing these people every single day. You don't have mm. to, like... And I think that's sometimes something that gets mixed up sometimes is Mm. that people think that you need to be seeing these people literally every day and you need to be calling them and whatever. And I found that in the pandemic of, I'm very grateful that my chosen family were not like that, but there was a lot of people that were sort of outside of it who were still my friends, but I wouldn't consider them chosen family Mm. who Mm. were putting up posts even at the start of the pandemic. Like if people aren't checking up on you, (sighs) then what the hell are they doing? And I was like, this isn't it. Like, Mm-mm. we're going through a pandemic and also, surely, with the people you're closest to, you give them leeway for, for fucking, like, do you know what I mean? A pandemic, mm. like anything, you know? Because yeah. you just don't know what people are going through. And I think that's actually what taught me even more so who my chosen family were in the pandemic with new chosen family members, if that makes sense to Like, people that I've become close with because we were all on the same page. Yeah. It's just being like, I haven't spoken to you a month. Are you good? Check-ins, but like, don't worry, you don't need to reply back. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Like, and just when you do finally see each other, it being completely the same or just, you know, having that feeling of like comfort mm. and knowing that you understand each other and having like an, an openness. Yeah, and that um, you're not judging each yeah. other. I think it's, that. Like, it's, it's yeah. friendships that are not low maintenance, but just kind of yeah yeah they they're not um what's the word there's they're not like fickle you know mm. Mm. 
there's this depth to them that yeah like we're there for each other just regardless but also I think it's to do with a lot of empathy I think it's it's about yeah. yeah if you just you just assume that everyone's got their own things that they're going through yeah and then yeah you're never going to give them no sass or give them nothing Mm-mm. for not being there or whatever because you're going to assume like mm-hmm. or you're just going to be grateful for when they're there I think that's that's chosen fam as well you're just happy yeah. to be in, in the presence mm-hmm. we're going to go to a little break now hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. And uh, back onto the topic of chosen families, what we've been talking about on today's podcast. just wanted to continue and um, explore how, if anyone has any conflicting feelings about it, about the term, about the structure, um, anything else about chosen families, like is there something about it that doesn't sit right with your spirit? Um, I can go. Oh. Yeah. No, no, go, Chloe. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, I was just going to, like, um, Mali, you were mentioning earlier how people in the queer community were sort of, like, just using it as a buzzword. Mm. Um, and I definitely felt totally the same. Like, I think there was especially this moment in time where everyone was like, oh, my God, black trans women being killed. Oh, my God, like, we got to support black trans women. And, like, yeah. And they were like, oh, my God, Chloe, you're a black trans woman. You can be in our chosen family. And I'm just like... All these different random right, people. I don't know y'all, and you're telling me I'm, I'm your family, and wow. no one actually showed up like that as well. So it was like mm-hmm. I gave I gave people a chance. I gave people like space to like even be even like even half a bit of a friend in some capacity, mm-hmm. whilst they were sort of like blurting the word chosen family. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're not you're not even trying to practice basic friendship. So how could you even be family with me? And it's just like yeah fully relate to the idea that like sometimes like you know i get it good intentioned queer folk kind of want to do the sort of practices of betterment but like in actual fact like that's not what they're about and it's Mm. like if that's not what you're not about then like also it gives a lot of false hope to people like you know i'm not yeah sometimes I could be quite gullible and really thinking like oh yeah someone's gonna be like there for me and then like you know find out that like Mm. actually no they just wanted to come to a party with me or actually no they just wanted to get in the door when I was doing the door Mm. or Mm. just some other bullshit and it's just like yeah I do find it very um misused essentially yeah I think like one thing um and I hope no one takes this disrespectfully Obviously, I'm talking about myself in this as well, but I think within, like, the QTB POC scene uh, and everyone's been doing their best and, like, we've had people leading. But at the end of the day, we're just a bag of people who are still dealing with trauma, um, have mm. a lot of issues. We're Speak still, like, it. really hurt. A lot of us have damaged relationships with our families, uh, with ourselves, with each other. We're just still learning. We have so much to learn, but also just because of our identities, it's so much more likely that we have a lot of shit to unpack that we haven't yet dealt with. And we're just not... I saw someone like tweet this earlier today and it was like, uh, normalise not speaking on something when you don't know enough about it. Um, And I think 
in like in the best intended in, in the best intended way as you said like Chloe it's all good intentions you know uh, QTB boxing wanting to do the chosen family thing um, the intentions were there but it just wasn't the, 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 the infrastructure in many different ways is not there and I think that mm. starts just with us as individuals I think just everyone needs a lot of um, a lot of love and a lot of help and a lot of yeah, we have people who just, you know, they still need their own support, trying to support a whole bunch of people. And I, I don't think anyone was trying to hoodwink, you know, dupe, yeah. lead astray. But uh, <laughs> I just think it was a lot of people trying to run and just really trying to maybe not even looking at what... And I'm not... This isn't talking about no one in general or vaguely. I'm just... I'm guessing. I feel like this is probably something that a lot of people in other queer communities and white queer spaces, whatever, other countries, it's just a thing. I think queer people are like... You go into this hyper, you know, they say that's like a trauma response or an abandonment response or something. And you're like mm-hmm. hyper vigilant and you're hyper this and that. And you want to be there for other people and you're people pleasing. And I think that's what a lot of people have been doing. Um, mm. But you can't, you know, like serve from a place of like emptiness. So mm. I think that's what a lot of people have been doing out here. Um, and I just, yeah, I just think we need to remember that uh, a lot of us are just still dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it's that. Um, for me, I'm fine with the term chosen family as long as it's, you know, as we've all kind of said, like it is actually your chosen family you're talking about and not just like you're using it as a term to sort of throw around the place. Um, yeah. I would also say I think it's one of those things just like the way that with blood family or, you know, your your family that you are you're in if you've been adopted or in foster care, like when you have this thing of these are my family so they can do whatever um, Mm. because they're family. Mm. I didn't expect naively that to travel into chosen family. And I think it does sometimes with people, um, which is what Shai has been speaking about a little bit. And it it is that Mm. thing of like not having boundaries. And that's something that I had to make sure I did as well of like understanding that it is fully okay to put boundaries in place with people and still love them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's that you don't love them any less for it, and actually, you tend to to feel better around them once you have the boundary because you both know where you stand with each other and what works and what what you know won't fucking work. Mm. Um, so it's that, and it's that sort of the which I really don't like. It's the ride or die mentality of like people can do what literally whatever, and it's just like, well, I'm with them through and through, and Mm-mm. it's no. a strange one to me because it's called chosen family. So you'd think that then it's like, right, there's choice in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then sometimes it feels like there isn't. So for me personally, it was, it, I've been on a few journeys with people that I really care about and love having to put into place big boundaries, talking about what's not okay and um, cutting people out with no hate or like no I don't like them anymore but just it being for me being like this isn't it Mm. this isn't working this isn't Mm. making me feel good and you're chosen so I should be able to just you know just like you should be able to do with blood family and with your you know your other family members as well I fully believe it's a nonsense thing of like blood is thick in the water I think it's a load of crap Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think it should be the same um and sometimes it feels like it can't be because we're all queer and because we're all struggling uh not i mean maybe some people aren't but a lot of us are so yeah that's been my my personal journey with it i think and with the the words i love the part about what you're saying about like with it being chosen there should be choice and i think that is so real like the idea like i even think about it in in context of romantic relationships like Mm -hmm. i don't want someone to need me i want someone to want me Mm -hmm. to constantly actually choose to like want to be with me Mm -hmm. and how they can be better with me or like whatever and i think yeah with chosen family that's definitely applies like how can we be better for each other and like even though i did mention like earlier about the whole call someone twice and they'll pick up i do actually have one of my chosen family members where she's not the best with like phone calls or i know that she'll be really busy that week and even if i know i desperately need to talk to someone on the phone Mm. sometimes i'll 
instead of calling straight away, I'll just give her a check. I'll be like, hey, how's your day going? Um, is it all right to give you a quick phone call or can yeah. you quickly call me? Mm. I know it could be like, oh, actually, I've had the like worst day. I've been on phone calls all day. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's talk another day. And like, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. And like, that's their boundary put in place with us. But like, right. I also think like there's an other side of it where like, I guess I'm the person with the boundary put in front of me and I'm like, okay we're family it's all right yeah (laughs) they love me they just can't you know take all the shit right now Mm -hmm. and like it's hard to deal with and i think that's the other really interesting thing is like having these sort of like we've actually talked about it as well to like when we have certain boundaries with each other and like how it makes us feel and like that's really also another good side of like we've chosen family and setting boundaries is like also talking about that boundaries and not just setting them it's like actually talking about what that boundary is and why it's important to you or how that makes the other person feel and like yeah. i think in that you able to learn even a deeper respect for each other because it's like mm-hmm. now that i know yeah. this boundary like okay maybe there might be a dramatic thing where it might be crossed but like majority of the time it won't be crossed and so it's right. like and I also understand why it's important that that boundary is there. Mm. Um, and they also understand, like, it may, you know, it may be, blah, blah, like, a bit more for me. But then also they understand, like, even when they come back to me, they always, there's always this, like, thank you for being patient. And so it's, like, I find that really interesting around, especially the conversation around chosen family and boundaries. It's, like, there's such a way to practice all of this with each other mm-hmm. in such a more healthier way of like creating family with respect and love and choice yeah yeah definitely definitely agree I, I think like it's also again I don't know if I'm repeating myself with the whole like it's I think it's our understanding of family first and first mm-hmm. foremost I think mm. that's something that maybe needs to be explored. I think maybe we should take a step back and, like, uh, you know, aspiring queer communities or little pockets of people should actually just explore, like, what is family to you? Because, again, like, we just all have a completely different understanding and expectation of it. Um, but also family can be a trigger for people and it could be that someone needs to, you know, they've never learned that family is supposed to be the safe space for them. It's supposed to be... Mm, yeah, you know, very that. It, it's supposed to be your community, your rock, um, your guidance, whatever. Mm. Um, and so I think it's just like, yeah, reassessing of actually what is family or an understanding. So maybe family's not really... Yeah, maybe I suppose this is me acknowledging that I have a, an issue with with the word family. Mm. You know, maybe mm. it shouldn't be family. It should be more of like tribal, I don't know, some other, you know, something else just to do with people who are... I don't want to say kindred spirits and all that, but you know, <laughs> I you love say, that. But I, <laughs> Not I to get totally moist. Re- I totally relate because, as I said earlier as well, like I don't precisely see my chosen family as chosen family. I see it more as my sisterhood, mm-hmm. yeah. and so like my sisterhood is like a structural thing. Um, yeah, totally agree. Is that where you feel like you're? If you imagine like a net, you know, when shit's going mad and you're falling backwards, is that who you imagine is catching you? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So maybe it's not. It's not a chosen family or whatever. Same for me. I'm not even gonna lie. You know, the people that I think are closest to maybe my chosen family or who I'd holler at when I'm really going through it with this. It's a couple of white straight guys who I go pub with. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On a real, or yeah, or like it's just. It really just yeah. I think it's just about whoever makes you feel safest. It is. When you're most needed. I'd love security. to have a guy in my chosen, well, sisterhood. It's a sort of genderless thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Aside it... men oh, sorry, going, sorry. Oh, no, 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 you go, babe. No, just going to be like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't find men to have the emotional capacity for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be me, though. I don't know. Maybe they've got just as, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why I vibe with them well. I don't know. But each to their own, you know. But I think it is true. Like, chosen family, I always think of it as, like, uh, all different people, different types of people from different places and uh, cisgender, straight people as well. 
have chosen family, they just call it different things. It's like when people go, these are my people. That mm-hmm. is chosen family, right? Like, it's just there's different words for it in different things. It's the same as, like, how I say, like, my aunties and uncles are not my actual aunties and uncles, but they are, mm. you know? Um, black like community gangs. has chosen family. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> literally... No, but it is. It's in, it's in every uh, different thing it's just named different things so i think we should be able to also mm. like make up our own names we don't have to say chosen family if we don't want to mm. you know like we could change it to different different words that feel more appealing to us and that should be completely fine as well yeah. i think yeah you know yeah yeah man so you just gave me a, a nice little realization there for real yeah there you go i have to call it chosen family no chloe's got yeah. a sisterhood yeah what my people then? For real, it's all the same. It's like whoever you gravitate towards and whoever are there to catch you. I think it's that. Even if they're a cat. Even if they're a cat. Or bunnies. My bunnies are my chosen family too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to sample that. Sorry, that's... <laughs> uh... <laughs> so, um... Like, still on this, if we're not, if we're not, you know, done with this topic, these, these, uh, we don't have to call them chosen families, your peoples, your sisterhood, your, your siblings, your tribe, whatever. How has this past year affected those relationships for the rest of you? If they have, if you have those relationships. Like, um, for me, um, I've gotten quite close to like my chosen family. I feel like before the pandemic, I see them, I kind of class them as family, but I guess life just was so busy. And I guess we all just caught, got caught up in that for whatever things we were doing. And then I think when we really started to slow down, we actually really started having deep discussions and like getting closer. And like, really, I'm really learning a lot about like who I've like surrounded myself with on like a a way deeper level than I guess I ever thought I would be before so yeah it's been really interesting and there has been like loads of challenges and like there has been like family members who I'm just like you know what I I can't have you in my family anymore and like as you were talking about that it's just fine just like having that cut off and like not having any like hate or like anger towards them but just noticing that you're on two different paths but I feel like during this lockdown I have got close to like I would say two of like people in my circle and my chosen family and like that has been really healing and like really um challenging beautiful and like wonderful like it's just been everything basically I feel like I've really learned loads about myself and them Mm. through being in this lockdown and um one of my friends we actually were in lockdown together and I feel like that relationship really got stronger and we really learned and saw each other in ways that we hadn't before like emotionally and I think that was really healing um for both of us um but I feel like it has been a challenge especially in the beginning when we couldn't see anybody um yeah. like I lived alone and it was really difficult because I was mm. like these are the people that I like to surround myself with and I can't even see them I can't even see my family it was it was really tricky but I think definitely lockdown has made my chosen family a lot like stronger and I've really realized what I value who I value and what I don't part with and really having those boundaries for myself and maintaining them to keep myself safe and to just be like, you know what, actually, I don't think we should be friends anymore and just keeping that fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. two people in particular in my family who are just like my bestest friends. I honestly, I don't know how I would have done this past year without them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it has been really, really healing. Love that. That's beautiful to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a pan, yeah, ideally that's what a pandemic should, you know. Mm-hmm. It, sh- it would hopefully strengthen you know like it's going through mm. a global crisis that our parents can't even hold our hand through like, yeah yeah you yeah this is the time when people your people you know and they should be there yeah i think i um from a pandemic there was definitely shifts in chosen family um some got a lot stronger and some just needed some boundaries and i think mm. i also it made me more aware of the fact that like how do i put this chosen family friends relationships of any sort 
they were like I think sometimes I would try and put them all into this same category of like we're going to see each other and like we all do the same things or maybe we don't but we I don't know how to explain it. it's like we had understandings of where we were at and then the pandemic made me reevaluate all of that and be like okay these people I still love exactly the same but mm. the way we see each other outside of the pandemic I know will be different like the way that we go out like one of my best friends is like the opposite to me um like my she's like my sister she is the opposite to me in the way that I am very much I want to go out all the time I want to dance all the time like <laughs> I've always been like that she's like I want to have a dinner I want like nice music to be playing <laughs> and mm. I want to sit and chat for hours I want that but then I want to go out mm. she's like I'm happy to just have that and I think it made me realize that like it's completely fine to have different relationships that work in different spaces that you see in different time times like all mm -hmm. of that it really heightens because I was like oh my god we're all so different and that's completely fine like and again it's like making sure that those boundaries are okay of being like I'm not going to get mad at you if you don't want to go to the club you know like I don't mm. have to see you in that setting I don't have to like you know but knowing that we still want to see each other it's just like people are different you know um and the amount yeah, of time it. that people want to see each other as well you know what I mean like some people want to see you all the time and that's their way of checking that like I don't know, that you love them and care for them. And it's like, I had to put some boundaries in there being like, I love you, but give me some space too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Chloe, what were you going to say? I thought, no, I thought. it's all right. Um, most of my chosen family or sisterhood, that's, um, they're not my club people. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And noticing yeah. those differences is, is quite nice sometimes, I think. For me, anyway, like realizing like it's okay to have different, like you have your club people, you can love them, mm. but they are your people. You're going to see them in the club, and you see them there. You have your people that you're going to, you know, have seven hour conversations with, and you love them too. Mm. And like, it's love all the same. But sometimes people exist in different. Do you know what I mean? Am I making yeah. sense? <laughs> yeah. No, you are. You are. You okay. Are, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Even like. Also, to add to that, I think I'm realising, um, and this is ridiculous as a DJ, someone whose literal uh, income is based off of nightlife, but, like, mm. my social capacity and stamina in parties is just not... I just... I can't do it. Mm. But I have some friends who um, I met in the party, but I really appreciate them outside of the party, but I can't party as hard as them. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? I'm that friend that's leaving. I'm just like I need. A, I'm getting. A, I'm ordering a bowl. I'm hungry. I want to smoke. My back's yeah. hurting. Like it's too loud. <laughs> like, hey, are, you the, are you the type that does the Irish goodbye? Is it Irish goodbye? The it's French goodbye? goodbye. I think it is. The French. The French exit. <laughs> French exit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, Chloe. I've probably done this all. Like yeah. Come on. Anywhere you lot see me, I, just, I am gone. I literally. I was, I have been living with the promoters and I've left them. Like, I, I'm just, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's another thing, I think. Like, you can have friends that you meet in certain spaces, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the space that actually works best for you two yes. to, to socialise and stuff. So what I'm saying is, yeah, like, there's people I met in the party scene who I really love hanging out with on mm -hmm. a day-to-day -day or chatting to on a sober tip or eating and cooking with or whatever. Mm. And that's beautiful. I think that's another thing we need to explore you know these these relationships and we maybe do. that's why some chosen family relationships don't always happen because you expect them to thrive in the same environments that they were born in but you know we're that ever is evolving. So true. do you know what this is so real especially like this is not precisely chosen family but i remember there was this girl i used to hang out with when i was a bit of a stoner and she was so much fun at the party and getting stoned mm. and then we went to uni together and she did foundation, we both did foundation together. The most boring ass motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, but I was like, I need to just give you a piece of alcohol or like a spliff to be interesting. Like, dead ass. Like, that was her energy. Like, nothing to talk about when she's sober. <laughs> 
Wow, I feel attacked. <laughs> not you. Oh my god. I know it's not me. I know it's not me. But I'm saying, babe, fine. like <laughs> for me just being like, yeah, I have to leave. I have to sneak out of the clubs after my set. Like, <laughs> I but no, it's true. Like we all, and also some people have fatigue. You know, <laughs> some people are just tired. They've got iron deficiencies, no. depression. Like that stuff takes it out. <laughs> Yes, that is all true. No, her situation was just that she just literally, like, she just wasn't if you it. could say, like, people have content, she had no content. Like, oh, nothing, God. Nothing to her. Savage. I hope she's still smoking. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I Do you know, honestly, she's probably living in, like, a rural town with her husband and kids. She's wow. very much, like, white oh, wow. middle class vibe. Yeah, yeah. She probably lies and tells them that she's straight edge and never touched drugs in it. 100%. Yeah. I can Matting. see it now. Matting. It's so true what you were saying, though, Shy. Like, I think it is a thing where sometimes the people you meet in, like, club settings or, like, vice versa, when you... it, I had a thing where I, for ages, I'd meet people in clubs and stuff, and I'd be like, I really get on with this person as a friend. Mm. And then I'd be like, is it weird for me to be like, can we hang out, like... Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, outside of a club setting, because, like, I wasn't used to doing that. And then I it suddenly all clicked, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yes, it's completely fine... Ask. Just ask. Friends chirps, isn't it? You just chirps and friends. And I've made so many lovely friendships from that, like from people that I've met in clubs. I met all of you in club settings. Yep. You know? Yeah, I, I met all yeah. of you Apart in clubs Georgia, as well. I think I met all of you in clubs. Yeah, sorry, Georgia. I met yeah. you. Georgia, you're the only one I did meet in a club setting. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I met all of these lot skin out. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Especially That's you lot. I know that I'm the most dumpy one here. These lot is all skin out, made up. I feel like this is the longest time because of lockdown that I haven't been in like latex or something for the majority of my life. And I, like, I can't stand it. I'm tired. Absolutely mad. <laughs> soon come, soon come. For real. Get the fishnets ready. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, well, it's been a fantastic discussion. I think mm. I think we might have to start wrapping up. No. <laughs> Sadly. I mean, there's always things to talk about on the next one, though, you know? You've got to keep them, treat them, treat them mean to keep them keen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Dope Black Quiz podcast. Shout out to all of our hosts for contributing to today's conversation. And thank you to our engineer, NKOK, for doing all the bits behind the scenes. Um, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all socials at Dope Black Queers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're really keen to continue the conversation online. If you have any questions, email us at dbqpod at gmail.com or send us a letter and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.